Salwate discibuli and salwate omnes. I recently heard somebody say salwate. Um, like I said, you guys, I don't care about the pronunciation of Latin as much as just understanding critically what Latin is and what is involved with Latin and all the intricate intricacies. There we go, Liam, that are intertwined. So let's get ahead. Let's go in and let's understand Latin in a different respect, more so than how these classicists might approach Latin. I'm a classicist at heart. I'm a grammarian at heart. But you know what I love about Latin is that it has been a utility and a tool in my life in order to amplify my understanding of the world around me. And I am here to share everything that is in my mind for you guys. So if you are here, you are staying tuned and you're curious about, you know, the world and learning because learning and knowing more and and knowing more just allows you to be an autonomous self-serving individual and self-serving as in a means of being able to rely on yourself. You don't have to seek out help. You can use yourself as your own asset, your own resource like Google, man. Imagine if you were Google, you would be unstoppable. But so regardless, we can't do that. But what we can do is we can look at words, we can understand our language, and then ask ourselves when we're not listening to a podcast, maybe when we're just out and about, maybe we're reading a menu, maybe we're reading a book, and we come across a word that we might not know, but maybe we can flesh out those bits and pieces. We can pull out the prefix, the affix, the suffixes, and you can understand bits and pieces and uh, bits and pieces of the parts to the whole. And if you know the parts to the whole, then you can kind of use a little bit of some deductive and logical reasoning to get to your answer, or you can just make take a an educated guess, if you will, for lack thereof, a better term, but. Today, here, what we're going to be doing is in a world where one man takes the etymology of muscular and cellular terms and I'm done. And I'm just going to get on into it. We're going to talk a lot about musculature, fleshy words, bones, and um, some sight, some cells, some acidic words, right? Macrocytes, phagocytes, um, cytopenia. So without further ado, if you're interested in learning a bunch of medical terminology, and then I think next one will be another legal terminology thing, because I really did enjoy that. Um, show me some love and support. I would really, really appreciate over at Spotify at Latin and Layman's Rhetoric Revolution, or Apple Podcasts and anywhere else. I think I, I also have uh, Google Podcasts and all that stuff. But I also want to shout out a homie of mine, Joseph over in Cornelius, Oregon. I, I love he reached out to me. He only communicates via Latin to pr uh, um, practice his own, um, uh, I guess, uh, diction and rhetoric. But um, I really appreciate him. Thank you, Joseph, for tuning in and supporting the podcast because, you know what, it's people like you that reach out to me that help no, help um, remind me that I am making a little bit of a difference, a little bit of an impact, and um, that my knowledge is reaching the masses in a way. Not really the masses, but, you know what, people are appreciating the knowledge that I have. 
and I don't have a lot. I have so much more that I want to learn, but what I have in my head is all that I have to give. That's why I'm a teacher. That's why I ask my students that at the end of the day, I'm never going to punish you for grades or anything like that. I'm not that kind of person, especially coming from being the stress bucket of a kid that's stressed overly about my grades to the nth degree. Uh, side note, I was the kind of student that n parents never had to check for grades because I was always checking my grades uh, bef uh, um, like on the reg every single day. But you know what? All I ask of my students and all I ask of you guys, if you're here, to be present, to show up, to give me the effort of just giving me your attention. Because at the end of the day, what I have in my mind, I want you guys to hear. That's why I'm saying it. Why would I be doing this if I'm, would I just be doing this for the sake of just doing it? Well, kind of, yeah, in a way. But also, I want you to understand that these things are important. I'm sick of people thinking Latin is this dead language that you can't extrapolate so much beauty from. There is so much beauty in Latin and language and linguistics because at the end of the day, we're, we are language. Everything around us is language. Art is language. Music is language. Science is language. Everything that we have to do in our day-to-day -day lives is conducted by our language and our movement and our thoughts. So with that being said, Show me your effort. Like I ask my students, show up, be present, give me your time. And at the end of the day, you will, you will earn and you will deserve the grade that you get in my class. And this is in regards to my students, because if you show up, you give me your effort and you, you are present, you are present. Then that's all I need. I don't need anything else. So let's get into it. Our first word here is sarcopenia. Now, if we break it apart, we have sarco, which refers to flesh and or muscle. Penia in the Greek refers to poverty or penalty. Sarco plus penia, A plus B equals poverty or penalty of the flesh or muscle, right? And sarcopenia is the loss of muscle tissue as a natural part of the aging process. Sarcoma, our next one. Excuse me. I hope I'm not getting sick, but it's... I. I woke up with a little bit of a twinge in the very upper part of my throat, but you know what? Let's not. I'm going to keep hydrated. Hydrate or dehydrate. I hope you heard that. Um, go down my esophagus. I need to pause when I take squigs. I need to learn how to edit and not be so lazy. Sark, flesh, oma. Greek, which refers to tumor. What is a sarcoma? It's a flesh tumor or a fleshy tumor. And what is a sarcoma according to Google? It is a malignant tumor of connective or of other non-epithelial tissue. Non-epithelial, epi meaning upon, thelial referring to the epithelial lining that's due to smooth musculature. That's going to be seen a lot within the small, large intestines, trachea, stomach, duodenum, esophagus, um, yeah, uh, uh, lungs as well, all that good stuff. Next one, carcinoma. Carcin comes from carcinos, which means crab. Oma, again, in Greek, the tumor. So carcinoma, again, just means uh, basically a tumor, essentially, a crab tumor. Because, well, I'll get into it right before I talk about the actual almighty Google definition. Because according to Google, a, car a carcinoma is a type of cancer that starts in cells that make up the skin or other tissue lining organs, such as the liver or kidneys, Right. Um, carcinomas are, they're ma malignant and they are mass cancerous cells. And it comes from the Greek carcinoma, a cancer from carcinos, a cancer. 
or a crab rather, literally a crab. Around, um, I think it was around 400 BC, I could be mistaken. Don't quote me on my timeline because I don't care about that and you shouldn't really either. You should just, well, you should understand in the broad scope of things. It happened way back when, Hippocrates, when, um, you know, he he coined mass cancerous cells as carcinos. Why crab though? I think that there are a lot of explanations to this. Um, if you examine a tumor, if you actually feel a malignant tumor, you'll know that it's actually kind of as hard as a rock. So I think that maybe that's where it kind of came from, like the shell of a crab. So some kind of have explained through, you know, the linguistic uh, interpretation of Hippocrates that um, it probably reminded him of a hard shell of a crab, like I said before. But others just said that it probably or could have reminded him of the pain that a malignant tumor induces, right? It's like the sharp pinch of a crab's claw. An even better version is that it suggests the tenacity with which, you know, a crab bites you, right? So, um, you know, like a crab gets you, holds on, kind of what a carcinoma does. It grabs a hold of you and it doesn't let go. When you think about that, it's really very interesting because carcinomas came from the uh, the observations of dead bodies that Hippocrates had seen. And he was like, these are, they look like crabs. We'll call them carcinos because, well, they're malignant. They're hard to the hardest rock. I just think that blending history into our language and understanding why we get certain terms in our science. Look at that. We just... We just, um, we just modge-podged Latin, classics, science, medical terminology, and history all in the same concept, a carcinoma, carcinos. It's why cancer, if you are a cancer, your zodiac sign is a crab because carcinos, cancer, refers to crab. It actually is carcinos, and then in Latin, cancer means crab. Next one we have is sarcophagus, sarco meaning flesh or muscle, phagus coming from the Greek phagi, meaning eating and or consuming. It was preceding, uh, it's preceding, preceded meaning rather was glutton. So uh, sarcophagus, A plus B equals uh, eating or a consuming of flesh. What happens in a sarcophagus? Well, a sarcophagus is a stone coffin that uh, I think is typically adorned with a scripture or a sculpture or an inscription of some type. And I, you know, we know it's associated with ancient civilizations of Egypt, Rome, and Greece. And what happens in a sarcophagus? A body degrades. It decomposes. Sarcomere. Sarco referring to flesh and or muscle. Mere coming from the Greek meros, which means part. So sarcomere is just part of the muscle. And what is a sarcomere? Well, it's actually, according to all my mighty Google, a structural unit of a myofibrule um, in striated musculature, which is consisted of a dark band, the actin, and the near half of each adjacent pale band, the myosin, myo meaning muscle, right? Myofibular. Um, so an actin actually just means ray in Greek. So it looks like, I guess, like the shooting of a ray, like a, a ray gun or something like that. I don't know, silly stuff. But a sarcomere is that of such. It's made up of a thin and a thickened filament. It's part of the myofibril. Um, I don't know how to pronounce that. <laughs> I don't know why I'm tripping up on that. But then we have the sarcomere, 
part of the muscle. And then a part of that, we also have the sarcolemma. Lemma refers to husk. So that's the husk of the muscle, aka it's what's around the uh, sarcomere. And then, you know, within the sarcomere, we also have things adjacent, like, well, within that, we have fascicles, and then we have muscle fibers, also muscle cells. We have the actin and myosin that I had mentioned before, as well as the Z line. If you guys are very aware of this, that you'll you know about this in physiology. Um, I'm just kind of riffing off of stuff in my my memory from all of the exercise physiology, um, uh, anatomy, and all those great classes that I took back in uh, college. So regardless of, I won't get into it too 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 much. But then at the end, adjacent to the musculature, you get the tendon and then the tendon which attaches to the bone, right? That's why we talk about training in full ranges of motion because when you train, strength train in a a limited range of motion, like if you see those silly guys doing like partial reps with stuff, if you decide to do that long term and build strength in that particular range of motion, yes, you are strengthening the muscle still because you can still hit all that muscle regardless of the range of motion, but you are neglecting the um, the strengthening of the tendinous structure holding it to the bone. And that's when you get tendon ruptures and tendon tears. You know, when you te- tear a tendon or you injure a tendon, it's because you don't have the strength to move in that range of motion. That's simply the, the case. Or you move in a very, very, very explosive and fast ballistic way that you're not usually used to. That's where, you know, ACL, PCL, and MCL tears come from. We have the anterior cruciate ligament, lateral cruciate ligament, and the medial anterior or wait. MCL, PCL, that's posterior, I'm sorry, and MCL. Uh, is there a, uh, I don't think, there's not an LCL, I just made that up. Regardless, remember, train in that full range of motion, practice your own mobility, and get strong in what you're not strong in, because once you get strong in the things that you aren't strong in, then that'll translate more into things that you are already strong in, right? That's why people and, you know, people like, weightlifters, you know, Olympic weightlifters, in order to increase maybe their squats or their deadlifts or their bench presses or their clean and jerks or things like that, they practice accessory movements. They practice unilateral movements, one lateral side, aka like, you know, a one-legged deadlift, for instance, or a one-legged RDL, uh, Romanian deadlift, you know, the straight-legged deadlifts for your hamstrings, you know, those kinds of things. You train outside that huge movement and you strengthen those little bits and pieces in order to add to the entirety of the whole. It's a little ting, ting, ting. Your body is a sculpture in itself and you can shape and mold it in any way, shape and form you want knowing that you are capable of doing such things. So I'll shut up now and go on to our next word, autophagy. Auto meaning self, phagy again, coming from the Greek meaning consuming. So what does autophagy literally mean? It means a consuming of self, essentially. In this case, um, this is cell regeneration. So according to Almighty Google, autophagy is the body's way of cleaning out damaged cells in order to regenerate newer, healthier cells. Phagocyte. Next one, phago, again, coming from phagy, meaning consuming or eating. Site, referring to um, site, which comes from the Greek kutos, which means vessel. Um, sites are just a type of vessel. So a phagocytic um, 
vessel or a phagocyte is a cell, a consuming cell, a cell that consumes. Phagocytes are cells that protect the body by ingesting harmful foreign particles, bacterias, and dead or dying things. So if you know the parts to the whole, then you just know more. Like I said, language makes things just seem so much more simple, I think, when you break it down. You're not getting bogged down in all the terminology that probably paralyzed you at first. Now we're going to get into macrophage after phagocyte. Macro, large, phage coming from phagy, eater. Phage is going to be the noun version of phagy. So a macrophage is a large eater cell. Macrophages, according to Google, are a large phagocytic cell. Phagocyte, phagy meaning consuming, cytic meaning cell, is a large consuming cell, phagocytic cell, found in stationary form in tissues or as mobile white blood cells, especially at sites of infection. See how it just starts to, to overlap and fold in upon itself with language, you know? Word substitution, you guys. Remember, you can approach language like a mathematician, and if you don't think so, sorry about it because you're getting proved wrong right now as we speak. So let's get on into it with cytopenia. Oh, we had sarcopenia earlier. Do you remember what that meant? If you do, get that in your head real quickly. Think about what cytopenia means. If What did cyto mean when we were talking about uh, a phagocyte? What is a phagocyte again? Well, cyte. Cyto refers to cell. Penia, poverty or penalty. A cytopenia is, the is, according to Almighty Google, the deficiency in the production of one or more types of blood cells and that's just what it is. The condition may be caused by liver disorders, poor kidney function, chronic inflammatory diseases, and so on and so forth. Next one, we have thrombocytes. What is a thrombocyte? Maybe you know of it. Maybe you don't. Let's learn it right now because it's very simple. You know what a site is now. A site is a type of cell. But what is thrombo? Thrombosis. Do you know what thrombosis is? Well... It means from thrombo, it means to clot or to lump. So thrombocytes are a type of cell that clot or lump. According to Almighty Google, thrombocytes are tiny disc-shaped pieces of cells that are found in the blood in the blood and spleen. Now, what do they do though? Well, they help form blood clots to slow or stop bleeding and to help wounds heal. That's what thrombocytes are. You get a paper cut, your paper cut raises with inflammation because that is an acute inflammatory response. The inflammation signals to the body to throw more nutrients and blood in that direction where it bleeds for a little bit. And then your body says, all right, we got to stop this bleeding now, aka thrombocytes are coming into the site. Um, AKA the, you know, the paper cut, the, the, the locus of the, uh, the injury. And, uh, they start to lot and they start to clump together to make, uh, a scab. And that's what thrombocytes do. Now, what if you have thrombocytopenia? Thrombocytes are cells that clot or lump, but what is penia? What does that mean again? It means penalty or poverty of, so if you have thrombocytopenia, this is, uh, this is a problem. Uh, because we know that the thrombocytes are the platelets, but thrombocytopenia is the lack thereof the platelets, aka condition of having an abnormally low platelet count in the blood, which leads to the affinity of hemophilia. Hemo meaning coming from Greek hema, 
hamia or hamia, which means blood, and philia, which re refers to the affinity for or affection of. So hemophilia is the affinity for blood. What does that really mean? Well, when you are hemophilic, it is a medical condition in which the ability of the blood to clot is severely reduced, aka you have thrombocytopenia. See how they go hand in hand? It causes the sufferer to bleed severely from even a slight injury. So you have to be very, very careful about that kind of stuff. You have to be very careful about taking anything that might thin your blood. Be careful, okay? I'm thinking about you guys. Next one we have here is hemorrhage. He, uh, what does hamia mean again in Greek? It means blood, right? Hemorrhage. But what does that rage come from? It actually comes from the Greek ragia. R-H-A-G-I-A, which means to burst. So a hemorrhage is just a burst blood or a blood burst. According to Almighty Google, an escape of blood from a ruptured blood vessel. Ruptured burst, especially when uh, it's profuse. All right, so hemorrhaging can happen in many parts of your body. It's just your blood bursting out of the vessels from a ruptured blood vessel. Osteopenia, osteo meaning bone, penia referring to what again, you guys? Sure, you remember now, poverty or penalty. What is osteopenia? Well, according to Almighty Google, it's the loss of bone mineral density um, that weakens bones over time, right? It's an age-related process that leads to the more serious event of osteoporosis, right? If you're osteoporotic, osteo meaning bone, pore coming from porous, and osis coming from, uh, meaning the breakdown of, if you guys didn't know, Bones are porous in nature. I urge you to pull up a cross-section of some spongy bone and look at it. You got the osteon within it. You got the periosteum around the osteum, right, around the bone. You have the osteon of compact bone. You have the Haversian canal, uh, the Wolkman's canal. Um, oh, my gosh. There's so many things. I can't even remember them all now. But there are porous bone, right? It's porous in nature. So according to Almighty Google, osteoporosis is the medical condition in which the bones become brittle and fragile from loss of tissue, uh, typically as a result of hormonal changes or deficiency of calcium or vitamin D. Okay? N not too, uh, you know, big. <clears throat> Sorry, I had a brain fart there. I was just focused on trying to get some uh, some water right there. Regardless, let's go back over the literal translation of osteoporosis real quickly. It just means the breakdown of porous bone. And it's the more severe form of osteopenia. All right. So a lot of the time, what you're going to see with healthy bones, you're going to have normal vertebrae. You're going to have that normal arch in your back and all that stuff versus osteoporotic vertebrae have compressed spongy bone. A lot of the time, you're going to have a kyphotic posture, aka a hunchback. Maybe maybe you're more um, uh, susceptible to fractures, especially of the hip. Hips are like hip fractures happen, especially during this time. This is when people are falling, older people are falling and breaking bones. And uh, one of the leading causes for death uh, at, in old age is falling. Okay, that's just the nature of the circumstance. Uh, typically, a lot of the time, the, the femoral head of the, uh, uh, of the femur will break, which is really usually hard to do, but um, not when you have uh, osteoporosis. What about osteomalacia? Osteo meaning bone, Malaysia coming from malakos. Malakos in Greek means soft or softening of. 
So A plus B equals uh, softening of the bones, osteomalacia. It often occurs again because of the problems with vitamin D, which helps your body absorb calcium. You can't, you don't want too much vitamin D, but you need quite a bit of vitamin D. And I think that it's hard uh, as a society right now to even get vitamin D. So uh, I would urge you guys to get your sunlight and or um, supplement. Osteomyelitis, our last one here before we're just going to wrap it up and say bye-bye. Osteo meaning bone, myle, coming from myle, which means marrow. Uh, it's a derivation of muscle. And then itis refers to the inflammation of. So you have the inflammation of the marrow of the bone. According to Almighty Google, well, I don't. it's just basically the inflammation of the marrow within the bone. It's kind of similar to osteomalacia in that same respect where there's just the deficiency of calcium or vitamin D. And it's re resulting in fragile formation of bone and or the lack thereof bone and or the softening of the bone. All of these things being very much hand in hand with one another. So if you learned something new, which I hope you did, and if you didn't, then you probably weren't present during this uh, podcast, which I urge you to rewind and listen to my little spielio at the beginning and see how all I ask of my students at the end of the day is nothing more than to be present something that we don't do nowadays something that i did with a prior class of mine that was just so enlightening for me to realize how we are as a society not able to be present is um i love mr rogers i think he is the epitome of goodness in this world and i remember uh it was actually a dream reminded me of a, a of this, and then I had to go into a deep dive, and I found it on YouTube. But it was uh, it was a segment, Mister Rogers, where he was, you know, just the the chill Mister Rogers that he was, looking at the camera, talking to the kids, and he had this exercise where he was like, you know what, you guys, what we're gonna do is I'm gonna have you look up at that clock, and we're gonna watch that clock. We're gonna watch that large hand start at twelve, and we're gonna watch it go and tick and tick and tick and tick all the way until it makes its way back to that twelve mark again. And we're just gonna be silent, and we're just going to observe that time. And I remember thinking about that, and then watching that, and I was like, oh my gosh, talk about a man trying to help a generation understand the concept of being present and to to just be here in the now and in the the moment and not thinking about the future or the past but just appreciating what time really is because we don't really know what it is but we had their constraints on time because we need we need things in order to limit the metaphysical. That's why we have language. Language helps limit the things that we can't other describe without language, right? Right. If I didn't have a word for table, then what would I call a table? A, a flat surface with columns that I rest my things on. But what if I didn't have any words to refer to those things? Then I would be like a baby that cries in order to express the things that they want because they don't have the language in order to express what they really want to say. Language is so important, you guys. I hope you have a wonderful day. Tempus est discovered.